my name is Ezekiel Abu. I am an orthopedic surgeon at the University of Nairobi and I also work at Nairobi Spine and Orthopedic Center. And our topic of discussion today is one of the ten injuries of the finger, also known as a mallet finger. Diagnosis is usually made clinically with the presence of a distal phalanx that rests at about 45 degrees of flexion. With lack of active distal interphalangeal joint extension, the treatment is usually extension splinting of the distal interphalangeal joint for six to eight weeks. Surgical management is indicated for volar subluxation of the distal phalanx, chronic injuries, or with the presence of significant arthritis. So that in brief is a summary of a mallet finger. But now let's look at a slight details. The term mallet finger has long been used to describe the deformity produced by disruption of the terminal extensor mechanism at the distal interphalangeal joint. Mallet, which means hammer, was the term used to describe the hammer-like deformity that occurs in sports-related injuries in the 1800s it is the most com common closed tendon injury seen in athletes though it is also common in an athlete after innocent trauma the mechanism is a flexion force on the tip of the extended finger that jolts the distal interphalangeal joint into flexion this may result in a stretching or tearing of the tendon substance or an avulsion of the tenon insertion on the dorsal lip of the distal phalanx space. The classic mechanism of injury is a finger held rigidly in extension or nearly full extension when the finger is struck at the tip by a volleyball or basketball. Other common mechanisms of injury include forceful tucking in a bedspread or spill cover or push off of a sock with extended fingers. A laceration of the dorsum of the finger by a sharp object at the distal interphalangeal joint may also cause an open injury, giving the mallet finger. What do you find on physical examination? Prior to this, it's important to do a proper history or to take a proper history, and this may allude to the fact that the patient may have a mallet finger. Physical examination will show that the finger rests at about 45 degrees of flexion at the distal interphalangeal joint and there is lack of active distal interphalangeal joint extension. What do you find on radiography? Radiographs are usually used to differentiate between, uh, to differentiate between a bony mallet injury and a tendinous one. They may also reveal an associated metaphysial shaft or tuft fractures of the distal phalanx. Perhaps most important, the lateral radiographs reveal the presence of volar subluxation of the distal phalanx. In addition, these radiographic views reveal rare condylar fractures of the middle phalanx. What's the classification of this injury? I think really one should not bother about the classification because this is really beyond 
what an undergraduate or a medical doctor who is not specialized should know. What's a treatment? Let me say that the most important treatment is splinting. Mallet injuries, whether bony or tendinous, should be addressed with close splinting. Part of this is also born of the fact that when I was a registrar, I did see some that had surgery and I thought that the complications were not worth it and even the end result was not worth it. Splinting of the distal interphalangeal joint in full extension allows healing of the injured structure and restoration of excellent function and appearance. Do we do surgery for mallet fingers? Yes, mallet fingers that are associated with roller subluxation of the distal phalanx should really be referred to an orthopedic surgeon for fixation. Referral should also be considered for cases in which there is a large or displaced avulsional fragments that involve more than 40% or even up to 30% of the joint surface. And when you have a laceration on the dorsum of the finger at the distal interphalangeal joint, this can also be addressed surgically. So what are the complications? The complications really sometimes I would say, maybe not considered a complication, is poor compliance. Many patients will find it very difficult to continuously wear this splint for six to eight weeks and they may not comply. But among the patients who are compliant, they may have dorsal skin complications like ulcerations, macerations, or nail deformity. And sometimes, despite the treatment, you may have a mild extensor lag of less than 10 degrees and a prominent bump on the dorsal aspect of the distal interphalangeal joint. But really, this is usually cosmetically acceptable and functionally has no problem at all. If this injury is not treated, like in the case of a doctor that I saw who never sought treatment, they may end up with a swan neck deformity. And obviously, there are other complications that may be associated with operative treatment. Thank you very much.